Hello and welcome to Close Talking, the world's most popular poetry analysis podcast from Cardboard Box Productions Incorporated. I am co-host Jack Rossiter-Munley, and with my good friend Connor McNamara-Stratton, we read a poem, talk about the poem, and read the poem again. Before we get into today's selection, a quick note that if you like what we do here at Close Talking and have a spare minute of your time, it would mean the world to us if you would give the podcast a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings and reviews help boost us up the algorithm and find new listeners. And if you have suggestions for future episodes or comments on this one, you can send us an email at closetalkingpoetry at gmail.com. And you can also find us on social media. On Twitter, the show is at Close Talking. I am at Jack Rossiter Munn, and Connor is at Connor M. Stratton. On Instagram, the show is at Close Talking Poetry, and on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash close talking. We also have a website, closetalking.com, where you can find all the past episodes of the show, and Cardboard Box Productions has just launched a newsletter, Unboxed, and if you go to cardboardboxproductionsinc.com, you can subscribe for more behind-the-scenes stuff on Close Talking and all of the other literary and cultural history podcasts that Cardboard Box Productions makes. On with the show. Hello, and welcome to this all-new episode of Close Talking, the world's most popular poetry analysis podcast. So today, as always, we have an excellent poem that I think we're both pretty excited to dive into. This is one that I selected. It is called, well, (laughs) if you look for it on the internet. You will find it under the name In Youngsville, and is by the poet Tyree Day. Because of a reference made in a review of his 2017 book River Hymns, I believe it may appear in that book under the name Lord Here, and I am not lucky enough to be an owner of that book, so unfortunately I was not able to uh, fact check that, because also due to, you know the ongoing global pandemic, I was not able to get my hands on a copy of it in time to fact check that. In addition to that information not being available on the World Wide Web. So for the purposes of this episode, we are going with in Youngsville, and it may appear under another title. Um, Tyree Day, the author of this work, you know, A Rose by Any Other Name Would Smell as Sweet, a poem by any other title would be written by Tyree Day. Um, (laughs) He, so the title is particularly appropriate in Youngsville because Tyree Day grew up in Youngsville, North Carolina, which is a pretty small town. Uh, I think it has about 1157, I think is the latest number of, of residents. He is a, a very accomplished writer with many different accolades to his name uh as i said his first book river hymns came out in 2017 and his latest one cardinal just came out uh in the later part of 2020 from copper canyon press and he in describing his 2020 book cardinal uh described it as addressing the question where can black people go to be safe which is a big question and yeah, you can hear him read some of the poems from that book online, and it is definitely a very moving and searching examination of that question. 
Um, he is a teaching assistant professor at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. His first book won the APR Honickman First Book Prize. Am I saying that correctly? Honickman, right? Yeah. Yeah. He has been a Cave Canem Fellow as well, which is uh, through that and through that fellowship, he has had a lot of uh, writing support that he credits with helping his, his work along. We can go right into the poem. Let's do it. In Youngsville by Tyree Day. I learned what a bullet does to a back, to a mother. After every funeral it rains, I was told that's God crying in Youngsville. My uncle walked our whole streets until he died, sun-soaked, broken in, left me young boy and bitter in Youngsville. Hallelujahs knocked on screen doors. Let the Lord in. We stood on porches and watched the saved stitch wings in Youngsville. Blackberries hung in my aunt's backyard, where we cut the asshole off a trout, guts laid on a cutting board in Youngsville. We were told a storm was a sermon. Lightning horse whips the sky, milks rain in Youngsville. so good it's so good um yeah uh so our traditional starting point is a little bit of a narrative breakdown and also just to the degree that we can in the audio medium rendering a little bit of what is on the page for our listeners obviously we encourage everyone to to look at the poems so that they can experience it visually while we talk about it if you're able to do so but also if you're out driving and commuting and whatever we know that's not always possible uh so <laughs> you know please don't look at the poem while you're driving concentrate <laughs> on the road you know that long asphalt poem that runs across the country uh so <laughs> this poem is basically it's 10 lines broken into five couplets and each of those couplets ends with something in youngsville so that becomes, you, you get a sense of that as it's, you know, when you experience it being read, you get that sort of returning in Youngsville in Youngsville. But just in terms of how that comes across on the page, it's at the end of each of these couplets. So in Youngsville hangs off of those lines. In all but one cases, the second line is longer than the first. So it really does kind of stand out visually when you look just quickly down the page. Um, and that's kind of the structure of what is, in the end, a fairly short poem um though breaking it up so much into the couplets also has it take up a little bit more space than you would expect which i at least felt a little bit of resonance with like a very small town that ends up having a bigger impact or presence in an individual's life than it necessarily does on the on the map um yeah and there's not i don't know a particularly strong single narrative thread through this uh it definitely has elements that you can sort of thread through it. And as I was reading through, it's sort of, uh, there's a lot of family references. There's the mother, the uncle, and the aunt who all get call outs. Aunt, aunt, I go between the two. Sorry, listeners, if that becomes distracting. There's also a lot of explicit call outs to religion and spirituality. There's God at the end of the first couplet. There is Let the Lord In in the third couplet. 
and there is the storm was a sermon in the last couplet. Uh, and there are also these little flashes throughout the poem, and some of it is encapsulated in this sort of storm and rain imagery, but there are these little flashes of violence that are sometimes not necessarily expected, but they come up what feels pretty naturally in the flow. So the first line is really striking. I learned what a bullet does to a back, to a mother. Very striking, grabs you, but the the bullet and the back and all of the uh, imagery sort of flows. But then you also have these very surprising instances of rougher language or violent acts where you have um, blackberries hung in my aunt's backyard where we cut the asshole off a trout guts laid on a cutting board um so it's these three different pieces of family god religion spirituality and intermittent flashes of violence were the three main threads that i pulled out i don't know if there's anything else that you were pulling out obviously there's also youngsville as a recurring just you're being drawn back to a, a specific place throughout the whole poem as well. So all of this is kind of the threads that move through in service of the place. Um, I don't know if you have other things that kind of leapt out at you or that you think are important to, to signpost at the beginning. Yeah, no, no, I think that's exactly right. Um, yeah, it's it's very much a poem of of place and sort of childhood and this kind of, and of memory and like, sort of like um the way a place makes a person growing up um and i think that there's all of those other themes that you you drew out um kind of go into that uh and yeah it's it's um it's also i don't know if this is too early to get into it but I believe never too early. Never too early. <laughs> I would, I'm counting on you for this. Oh man. Oh man. Well, I believe it could be considered a blues poem, which is, um, yeah, it's an interesting form. It's a very popular form, but it's, um, it's cool because so, you know, it's obviously very related to the the music form of the blues, um, and so in you know in that sense it it's very directly rooted in you know Black American um, music traditions and sort of folk traditions and oral traditions, um, and the poem kind of you know like. You can hear it, the sort of repetition and refrain of in Youngsville kind of does the work of the blues in the sense of this returning. Um, and there's also like, yeah, I, you know, blues poems can be, there are just kind of different, there's sort of different like formal it's not, it's not as exact as, you know, like a Villanelle maybe. Um, but I feel like a lot of, especially like contemporary um, blues poems have, have this kind of couplet structure and then the, this like repeating word or phrase that happens at the end of each couplet. Um, 
And similar to, and, and you're more familiar with, with the, the nuances of, of the blues as a, as a music, um, in music, but there's a way, I feel like one of the kind of sort of beauties and geniuses of the blues is the way repetition and kind of like creates subtle differences in meaning in in ways that like could be kind of um simple like if you just like wrote it out you know but the way that it repeats um and kind of develops sort of like it acquires new meaning the sort of repeated phrase um and i i feel like that sort of aspect of the blues is very much a part of um definitely this poem and also like blues poems more generally um where like youngsville kind of um each each time it happens again it it's it's slightly different I think this is something that Denez Smith has talked about, not in maybe reference to uh, the blues, but in reference to something else, which is like this kind of both and of joy and pain, like not like joy despite pain, but like both are kind of happening, um, which I think is... I don't want to like generalize, but I feel like that's a part of the blues too, where there's this kind of, this kind of like, you know, and, and, and it's in this poem too, where like, it's, it's, there's, there's, I mean, it leads with pain, right? It's like, I learned what a bullet does to a back to a mother after every funeral, it rains. I was told that's God crying in Youngsville. Um, and, you know, there's the young boy and bitter. Um, but in the way that, like, there's no, like, uh, and yet, hallelujahs knocked on screen doors. And, like, and yet, there's no, and yet, blackberries hung in my aunt's backyard. And that, that moment, too, that you pointed out is such a good <laughs> kind of example of it is, like, blackberries hung in my aunt's backyard where we cut the asshole off a trout guts laid on a cutting board in Youngsville, where there's this kind of, you know, sweet black fruit in the backyard with family. Um, at the same time that there's this really, you know, um, you know, gritty <laughs> fish, fish work <laughs> going on. Um, and the and the hallelujahs happen just sort of at the same time as the funerals, like that kind of thing, that dynamic is is common in blues poems. Totally. And I think both of those elements that you pulled out, the repetition that kind of builds over time is an enormously significant part of a lot of blues music. And you can have either musical or lyrical repetition, a lot of times both, a lot of the, you know, the most kind of iconic blues form that most people would probably be familiar with is like a line. The line repeats and then there's a third line that rhymes with it. 
Um, but they're also kind of getting into the Delta blues and the older styles. I mean, these guys will just hang out on the same chord for a long time. Like John Lee Hooker, he's going to play an E and he's going to go and it's going to be great. And it's like, Will my mother allow me? She had to stay out all night long. It's captivating, it's enthralling, it's almost hypnotic at times like that's where the kind of rhythm to a song comes there's this amazing uh improvised song by hound dog taylor and his band called let's get funky which starts off with them discussing whether or not they've had a shower and whether or not that's a good thing (laughs) so i just feel like it and i don't know how you feel well you know you know, we left the hotel, everybody had a shower today. And it's not the ideal, it's, it's the thing, real. I just want to get funky for you. We let that. If you like getting funky, Mr. Brewer, let's get funky for a little while. It was recorded apparently at like 2 a.m. and they were all drunk. Um, <laughs> but then it's this one repeated riff and you just, uh, that's an instance where like the energy builds over the course of it and you just like, it is such a groove. Um, and it's so good. Uh, and that is definitely like one kind of electrified version of this kind of musical element because there's also almost no words to it there's like sort of words but not really and it's just this great groove um and like an acoustic version of that i've been lately i'm always listening to a lot of blues stuff but i've lately been diving into the alan lomax archives many of which are on uh, youtube his videos that he did including i think it's one of the most viewed videos from that channel we'll be sure to link it um is this guy belton sutherland who is just sitting on a porch playing the guitar and he is just playing this riff that completely sucks you in it's kind of telling a story it's not like the words are the same the whole time but it is this driving increasing lament so here where the the words are the repetition within youngsville in in those instances it's this kind of musical repetition of like this one rolling riff that just keeps you moving with the story and the you can hear the emotion in the vocals and everything but it's like this whole element of uh of repetition Tell it to no crowd. 
and kind of along those lines, particularly in um, Delta Blues, the other element that you were talking about, which is this sort of mixture of the the joy and the pain and it's not like it turns from one to the other but they're intermingled the the most classic blues quote iteration of that is you see me laughing laughing just to keep from crying which is used in many different songs um and is kind of one of these stock blues phrases that's another element of repetition honestly in the blues is that you know artists very freely borrowed from each other and took whole chunks of one song and put them in another one. Robert Johnson's If I Had Possession Over Judgment Day uses the music from, you know, either called Two Trains Running or Rollin' and Tumblin'. They all use the basic same underlying music and some of the verses are the same or really similar. But that element of you're not turning from hard stuff to sing about good stuff. You are acknowledging all of the sort of hard stuff, sometimes just putting it to a, a groove that you can dance to. Even these lines uh, that, that we were sort of talking about, blackberries hung in my aunt's backyard where we cut the asshole off a trout, guts laid on a cutting board in Youngsville, it does, on the one hand, turn from the sweet fruit to this, you know, gritty fish. But there's also kind of an element of humor in the abruptness of the turn to not just say that we gutted a trout, but to specifically call it the asshole and to, like, bring in this whole other uh, tone of language there. It's like it's the ant's backyard. It feels very at home. Like, there's a whole kind of feeling of, I mean, food as an as a way of bringing people together is there uh the tradition of possibly learning how to gut a fish from an older relative is something that i feel implied in those lines like there there's this jolt of violence and it's gritty and it's kind of like i can smell the fish and i do not love that um but like it's (laughs) (laughs) sorry you know it's not my thing um (laughs) But it's it's infused with all this other stuff so that, you know, there's there's both of these things going on at once. Yeah, no, that's a really great point. Um, it is it is a turn and it is. Yeah, the beginning. And, you know, there's just so many things like after every funeral, it rains. I was told that's God crying in Youngsville. You know, from that line, you know. That the speaker grew up going to a lot of funerals right it's like for for the you know the like (laughs) the what is said about funerals to be that kind of crystallized um you know like implies that this is a regular part of growing up you know in youngsville in the speakers community um and which is then kind of like 
personalized um, in the the second stanza with the uncle. Um, and you get there's so many like echoes and links in this in this poem that I just love of, you know, my uncle walked our whole streets where you kind of, you know, so you you get a sense of well potholes and this kind of, you know, maybe there's some, I don't know, racist structural disinvestment in the town or whatever, but also the whole streets echoes, I, I feel like the bullet from the first stanza where there's this kind of, um, I don't know. And then, you know, until he died, sun soaked, broken in, that's ah, a great line. It, it includes this sort of vernacular uh, syntax of like left me young boy and bitter in Youngsville where, um, right, it, it could be like left me a young boy or left me as a young boy or something like that, but there's no, it's just left me young boy and bitter in Youngsville. And of course you get the young and the young together in that line of young boy and Youngsville. Um, the line is very short. Um, and you also like, yeah, and you, and you really get, I mean, says it outright, like bitter of like growing up in this town as kind of, you know, at least from what we know so far in the poem, like all these losses, all these deaths. Um, and also, you know, that, and that's, that's also the, the, like, the power of that first line of the double, like, to a back, to a mother, of, like, not just what the bullet does to the person that it hits, but, um, you know, the mother that's left grieving the loss of their kid. Um, and there was a really um, incredible article a couple years ago. I believe the title was What Bullets Do to Bodies. And this mm. it's a long-form piece, I think, from the Huffington Post. And it basically details like exactly what the title says. This person talked to a bunch of like trauma doctors and emergency surgeons about what physically happens to people's bodies when they are hit by bullets. And it is incredible just as like a feat of writing and also taking something that you think you know about, like you think you know the harm that a bullet does and you absolutely have no frame of reference for the scope of damage that a bullet does to a human body. Um, and that, yeah, that phrasing in that first line put me in mind of that. And I think, yeah, that language of a back and a mother separating out the body and what that body means in a community and in a family. And then also saying a back and a mother, making it so encompassing in the language because it can be many backs and many mothers was like, yeah, it, it's, it hits hard as a first line. Yeah. I look, I look forward to reading that. You know, you have such an interesting sense of like, the poem builds Youngsville so carefully and beautifully, I think, with with this collective 
sense of the town. And that's kind of like hallelujahs knocked on screen doors, let the Lord in. Um, we stood on porches and watched the save stitch wings in Youngsville, like the hallelujahs doing the knocking, um, you know, like the fact that it's not, you know, it's not someone saying hallelujah or like, um, the, the, the sound of utterance of hallelujah personified, um, and, and then the, the entrance of we, um, and like also there's but there's still the like the saved stitch wings is like those who you know either it's like those who didn't die or weren't killed um there's those who were saved by the lord or whatever um are making wings like i'm thinking angels and it's like their actions are still for one too it's like we we're watching the saved so so there is some the speakers not necessarily among the saved necessarily um but also like even even in this turn there's there's like everything's toward death in some way it seems um yeah, and, and the turn feels like it's a turn in focus, not in like tone entirely or in um like as you were saying, the the pain and and other elements still live alongside each other. It just feels like a little bit of a I don't know. It's like, you know, when you're you're on your Google Maps and it says slight right. It feels <laughs> like it's it's like it's that kind of a turn. It's like you're basically still going straight but you needed to be in the left like the three left lanes continue and the other two go off onto exit 50, whatever. It's like, that's the adjustment that you're making in the middle of the poem. You're making an adjustment to kind of go in a, just a little bit of a different direction. It's noticeable and you have to pay attention to it and you have to do it, but it's not like, mm. you know, you're headed in the wrong direction and then you have to go back where you came from or that you have to just go off in a totally different one. It's just, <laughs> yep yeah that's that's right <laughs> oh, i love that that's funny um that's that's right that's very right i'm getting into the one thing that's cool about this poem too is like the sounds really get going um i mean they're never not there but like you know, like I learned what a bullet does to a back to a mother. After every funeral, it rains. I was told that's God crying in Youngsville. Like there's definitely the rhythm is there. And that kind of continues in a lot of ways. Like each, it feels, you know, in sync with the rest of the poem. And there's the bullet in the back and kind of the bees there. And like, um, things but then like when you get to like blackberries hung in my aunt's backyard where we cut the asshole off a trout guts laid on a cutting board in youngsville um it's just like damn um like the bees in that first line with the r's and this kind of like um 
Uh, man, every time I start thinking about this stuff, I wish there were just better terms for it, but we're going to the Greek stuff. Okay, folks, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Until somebody comes up with a new widely accepted way of categorizing this stuff, we're stuck I know. with the Greeks. We're stuck with the Greeks. It's the, it's the spondies, which are the, the kind of like uh, double stressed, like long, long together um which is like not in uh like in the first line i learned what a bullet does to a back to a mother there's like an it starts with what is the most familiar greek word the i am like i learned learned is what's stressed i is not stressed um there's a lot of um i think like anapest maybe or something which is really getting uh in the weeds but like this kind of um it's very common in english which it's this double unstress and then a stressed like to a back um what a bullet where it leans into the bowl but like what a it's not anything um but throughout the poem when there's the two stressed syllables, um, it's really like it, A, it like brings the attention to it, but it, it shifts the rhythm and it, it happens in great places in this poem where like my uncle walked, that's like normal iambic, our hold streets. Um, so that's got this kind of hold streets until he died and then sun soaked broken in which is kind of like three you get three stress syllables in a row there which is like real naughty um and then like left me young boy young boys like in there and bitter in youngsville um and then but this like blackberries hung like blackberry berry you know but it's kind of there but then like blackberry hung in my aunt's backyard uh like it it's there's a there's a lot of similar things happening where there's like the bees of black and back the k of black and back that the a of black and back um and then the double stress of black bear and then backyard and then the r's of berries and yard um and then it kind of is like where we cut kind of has the berries hung um and then there's this ah i mean i guess i go with ant maybe maybe it's if it's aunt it's totally i just kind of have knows. always gone back and forth <laughs> i i said it when i first read the poem and so i've been trying to be good and stick to just one for the purposes of this recording but in my life i hop around between yeah them. being uh near chicago it's definitely ant for me chicago um, your aunt from chicago <laughs> Dad canner. But I don't know I don't know how they say ant in uh Youngsville, so I defer I defer to, to Youngsville pronunciation of ant. Um but at any rate, like 
then you get, <laughs> you know, I mean, asshole off a trout. Uh, great. That but just you get... sounds like the start of a great phrase. <laughs> yeah. He was out of here like the asshole off a trout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then you get the us in that last phrase, which, which you had in the first line, but it was slightly less, it had less attention than the other sounds because that like you were paying attention to the blackberries in the backyard, but you get the hung and then you get the cut and then you get the guts laid on a cutting board in Youngsville. Um, and it's just like, boom, boom, boom. Um, I don't know. And then this last stanza is like, it's like so much. And I love it because it's also the we were told a storm was a sermon and it which echoes that I was told that's God crying in Youngsville, which is a lovely repetition of phrase, but then also with a little bit of difference. So like you get the we at the end and you kind of have this, uh, it's, it's almost like the poem is kind of building a we um, from an I like as it's going. Um, but because it's also like a told, it's like you can kind of, um, the phrases don't have to make as much sense as like maybe they might uh, otherwise. And so like it's this, it gets to this point where like, um, the sound is like more than the sense in the language where it's like a storm was a sermon. Okay. That's, that's fine. Um, but still it's a very tight, like storm and sermon, um, has a lot of similar sounds in it, but then like lightning horse whips the sky milks rain in Youngsville, um, is just like, whoa, I don't even know. Um, and, but like, there's just like the eye sounds and lightning and sky, the ing that goes to the Youngsville, the horse that has the storm in the sermon, the errs, and then the whips that goes to milks ish. Uh, and then, I don't know. And it's also just very, like, um, very stressed, like lightning horse whips the sky. It's like ing of lightning is like the least stressed part of the first, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like saying you like, uh, unique New York over and over again. It's like lightning horse whips the sky. Like the is the first <laughs> respite you get. And then it's like milks rain in Youngsville, which is like, woo. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, whereas by contrast that, that we were told a storm was a sermon is just basically three stressed syllables, like told storm and sermon, like has, has, are the three. Um, and there's so much loose. It's so much easier to say that. Um, 
Yeah. And it, it's just, it really like, I don't know. It's, 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 um, yeah, it's, it's kind of wild. Um, but it also, it has a lot of what has been happening where we have this kind of synthesis of the sort of like, um, figurative metaphorical connection that was started in the beginning of like the God crying, um, as rain and like a storm, then we get to like a storm being a sermon. Um, and then we get all this sort of like really intense storm imagery that's, but also it's, it's very strange, you know, like lightning horse whips the sky. I mean, you can kind of, you get the thunder crack of the like horse whip um, and then milk's rain. It's like, <laughs> it's like milk's is like a verb, but it's like also, it's just like a, there's milk and I don't know. Um, and it's all coming down right on Youngsville. <laughs> um, so you really get this, like, it's like, this is a fucking heavy sermon, you know? Um, and yeah, I don't know. But the sounds and the rhythm is just like, it's doing so much. And it really, it's like, it's all in the blues rhythm. It all, you know, um, but it's changing and developing in this amazing way. Yeah, it definitely, each couplet feels different to say. Um, I mean, obviously they look different on the page. That's kind of almost always the case to greater and lesser degree. Like the, the sound differential is very noticeable as you read through the poem. If you if you have not read this poem out loud, obviously you'll hear us read it, but just go through it yourself and read it out loud and you will absolutely feel all of the stuff that Connor was talking about as you start to read through it and try to read it in a, in a cohesive kind of way. Um, it definitely, you feel it and it's very neat. Um, I'm glad you pointed out the storm that bookends the poem or at least the references to rain and storm that bookend it because it is really interesting um that it is sort of happening on both sides of the poem uh and also the the way that that second line is constructed after every funeral it rains i was told that's god crying in youngsville is really interesting to me because that could go one or one of two ways it could be that the speaker was told that when it rains after funerals, God is crying in Youngsville. Or it could be the speaker saying, when I myself was physically in Youngsville, I was told that rain after funerals was God crying. Mm -hmm. And I love that duality because it is no matter what, either way you're reading that, it's intensely of the place, but it can also point to going outside of that place or the speaker leaving that place not entirely taking with them the understanding they have of what rain after a funeral means um but bringing it to other places as well 
so in the first one, after every funeral it rains, I was told that's God crying in Youngsville. So if the speaker is being told that piece of information in Youngsville, it then becomes a universal piece of information about rains after funerals, which extends beyond Youngsville itself. Or the speaker is being told that's what happens in Youngsville, in which case it's still bringing the universal to the place, mm -hmm. which I really like. Yeah. Um, and then having that come back around and kind of get remixed into, we were told a storm was a sermon, lightning horse whips the sky, milks rain in Youngsville. It's now no longer tied directly to a funeral, but it does come directly after this imagery of the gutted trout and so it's coming this next reference to the to the storm and to you know sort of a bringing the rains back in even if they are rains milked from the sky um they do come in after a death or after a reference to a dead creature um and and saying that the storm is a sermon that's just yeah it's that the whole last line is just such evocative language it's nice to just kind of sit in it and let it be <laughs> I, it's the kind of lines where i like it so much i'm not tempted to try and parse it too closely um for like specific meaning i'm very content with it to just be a lot of great evocative imagery that you know paints pictures for me of storm clouds and lightning strikes and resonates with the rest of the poem and i can reflect it back into the poem but i i do find myself not necessarily drawn to like wanting to to dig into those lines specifically to be like hmm, i wonder what the milky rain is about or milk and rain <laughs> together what's going on there i'm just like no that's just some really great imagery i love it <laughs> I'm kind of okay with it. Should we um, read it again? Let's do it again. This is In Youngsville by Tyree Day. I learned what a bullet does to a back, to a mother. After every funeral, it rains. I was told, that's God crying in Youngsville. My uncle walked our hold streets until he died, sun-soaked, broken in, left me young boy and bitter in Youngsville. Hallelujahs knocked on screen doors, let the Lord in. We stood on porches and watched the saved stitch wings in Youngsville. Blackberries hung in my aunt's backyard, where we cut the asshole off a trout, guts laid on a cutting board in Youngsville. We were told a storm was a sermon, Lightning horse whips the sky, milks rain in Youngsville. So, Connor. So, Jack. What you what you been culturally experiencing lately? Oh, that's a good way to put it. I like that. Yeah, keeping it keeping it broad. Maybe you've been watching incredible dance performances on the internet. <laughs> I wish. Oh, I wish. Um, ah. I've been listening to um, a lot of jazz piano. Um, two albums come to mind. Um, one is a classic 
Waltz for Debbie by Bill Evans. Um, who, yeah, was, he was the, he played piano in the kind of blue album and was sort of of that era. And it's just a really, he's a very like impressionistic, soft jazz player. that's like one of his his well-known ones and it's um great for doing the dishes and then there's a slightly newer album um that i've been loving that's by um abdullah ibrahim um and it's called cape town revisited and he's um particularly water from the ancient well. It's this incredible song. Um, and yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know, there's a certain feeling that it evokes that I cannot quite describe. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, I don't know. I recommend both of those albums, uh, Waltz for Debbie and Cape Town Revisited. I'm definitely gonna have to look up water from the ancient well now it's a great song it's one of those songs that's like it's like it's kind of like joy ish where it's like it like fills you up but it's not like peppy or like really like upbeat necessarily and it's not really sad, but it's like, and it's not quite hopeful because it's not necessarily thinking that things are going to get better, but it has this kind of determined joy to it. But that's also feels easy. I don't know. I don't know how to say you just got to listen sounds, to it. I'm going to have to listen to it and come to my own sort of <laughs> conclusion, I guess. Oh my God. Okay. Well, Jack, I must inquire. Mm -hmm. Aside from Naomi Osaka's brilliant Australian Open win, Naomi, um, what cultural, what what, um, how have you been experiencing culture, and what kinds of cultures have you been culturally experiencing? <laughs> well, I <laughs> I have not been engaging with anything quite as highbrow as you know <laughs> these brilliant jazz compositions uh i have been going more uh in a in a pretty 
uh, aggressively joyful, upbeat, uh, just kind of like, heck yeah, we're getting these dishes done kind of <laughs> direction. And that has meant listening to the Russian band Little Big. I don't know if you're familiar with the Russian band Little Big. No. They are quite something. They kind of got their start as like a Russian version of the seemingly more problematic by the day South African band Diantvud. Uh, as far as I know, Little Big does not have any of the issues associated with that South African act. Um, they were the <laughs> Eurovision song entrant for Russia with their song Uno, which is basically just them counting in Spanish and dancing around. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis is literally the chorus of this song. The song Uno. <laughs> but they're wearing bell bottoms and they dance where they like move their legs like this. And so the bell bottoms move crazy. <laughs> this is exactly this your shit. I love it. I know. Uh. Um, yeah, I like a lot of stuff, but this one's really been hitting home for me. Just because like, you know, it's winter. The pandemic continues. It's like getting better, but I'm not going to get vaccinated for a while. My parents are in the early stages of vaccination. Like nothing's really changing in the immediate future. So I support it. Yeah, I'm banana man. Wow. So, yeah. Little big if you just need some some oomph. When I am not assiduously managing my endorphin levels with little big. <laughs> I uh I have been as has become what I am noticing to be a pattern in my recommendations, something that is on HBO, um, which is the movie Judas and the Black Messiah, which is about Fred Hampton. It's really, really good. If I had a criticism of it, it would be that Fred Hampton was incredibly young. He was 21 when he was killed. And the performance by Daniel Kaluuya is amazing. He's definitely not 21 years old. <laughs> and like the the youth of that movement and the energy of really, really young people making significant change and doing really important work. Um, and just the number of years that somebody would have ahead of them that were just completely snuffed out. Um, and just like the impact that somebody could have by the time they were 21, like Fred Hampton put together the rainbow coalition when he was like 19 and 20 years old, um, to be that skilled as an orator and as an organizer at that early an age, like thinking about what he might've been able to accomplish and just the injustices in how the FBI went about 
you know, doing horrible work on progressive and radical groups in the in the 70s. It's a really, really good movie on a lot of levels, not least of which because it draws attention to that. Um, and yeah, my only criticism is that they were really young and the actors are incredible. Like Keith Stanfield's great. Daniel Kaluuya is great, but they're not like in their late teens or early 20s. No, I've heard great things about that movie. I'm really excited to watch it. It's really, really good. Very, very tough watch. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is co-host Jack Rossner Munley. Just reminding you that there are a ton of ways that you can get in touch with us, and we love to hear from you. It's always great to know if you have a different reading of this poem or any of the other poems we've covered, or if there are any poems you wish we would cover in the future. You can send us an email at closetalkingpoetry at gmail.com, or the show and Connor and myself are all on Twitter. That's another great way to connect. I am at Jack Rossiter Munn. Connor is at Connor M. Stratton, and the show is at Close Talking. You can also find us on Instagram at Close Talking Poetry or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Close Talking. See you next time.